Hey everybody, this is Tanner from the future coming in, or rather the past. Look, we've mentioned many a time that our recording and release schedule is fairly mixed up, and lots of these were recorded months in advance, which means that we can't necessarily respond to current events in real time yet. At this point, I'm sure you've heard plenty of stuff regarding ongoing events. Uh, me and Christina have both addressed it in our own individual podcasts, but of course we need to address it in this feed as well, because there is some stuff specific to this show's contact. So let's get to it. Leah Michelle. Fuck her. It was kind of an open secret that she was terrible already, but now it's confirmed and we'll add her to the list of people that we might end up appreciating her performance in the show, but sure as hell don't condone her opinions in the real world. More importantly, black lives matter always, trans lives matter always, fuck out of this podcast if you like to spout all lives matter or any kind of turf logic, protest if you can, be sure to wear a mask, donate what you can to local charities and individual funds, and just stay safe everyone. This is an even episode. Is that me or is that you? That's me. Okay. Yeah, I checked the sheet. Bef- actually, hold on. Let me pull the let me pull that up before I actually. There we go. Yes, it is an even episode. So I. No, wait, hold up. It's an it's an even episode of Breach that you start. Yes, that's right. Because I did the ending last time. Yeah, an E. There's an E in Tanner. Yes. Cool. There's an E in Christina. No, there's not. It's vocal. Okay. <laughs> Your name isn't it's, Christina. It's phonetic. <laughs> yeah, that's... No. Well, in that case, then, by that rule, you also could say that there's an E in Regina, but not in Regina. Actually, no, wait, there is. There no. is. No. Okay, look. I may not be small, but I'm under a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not responsible for my grip or my lack thereof on linguistics. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hello, and welcome to Loser Like Me, a podcast where we recap and rewatch and review and react to Glee. Yes, all of those things, Tanner. <laughs> and and sometimes more. Yes. <laughs> They're Tanner. I'm Christina. And this week we're watching episode eight of Glee season one, entitled Mashup. Mm-hmm. An episode that has no mashups. Nope. It does not, in fact. <laughs> it's an extended metaphor. It yes. was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Elodie Keane. And it aired originally on the 21st of October, 2009. Yes. So which episode did Elodie Keene direct? Was she on Vitamin D? Yes, she was. Cool. But that was written by Ryan Murphy. So really, there's going to be two completely different animals. Yeah. And so far, Ian has directed The Roads Not Taken. And, you know, I think I could see some parallels in, like, the writing of the episode between those two. Ian likes... Talking about characters' feelings. Yeah. And he likes the adult characters, I'm not going to say more than the teens, because at least at this, even in the beginning, the writers knew to focus on the teen characters. Yeah. But Ian Brennan gives about equal weight to the adults as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, you want to just jump into it? <laughs> yes, let's jump in. So this starts with a tracking shot following a hand filling up and carrying a slushie through the halls of McKinley terrifying mm-hmm. everyone that it walks past and it passes yes. by like it Kurt. passes by rachel no wait no it passes by Kurt and mercedes first okay and we get the quote from a writer who definitely knows a black person because mercedes screams my weave <laughs> and then it gets to, it passes by rachel before <laughs> and then it hits finn yeah uh, and, uh, we, we turn around and we see that Finn's been slushied by a character named Karofsky. Remember him? He'll be important later. Yes. <laughs> but for now, he's just a big meathead jock 
to demonstrate that because Finn has joined Glee Club, the hockey team is now cooler than the football team. Yes, because of course the the coolness of the of the quarterback is the determining factor in the popularity of the rest of the football team, which you know I guess does track with actual football because no one can if 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 Eli Manning is on a football team, I bet you that no civilian can name no no layman can name a player on that team besides Eli Manning. Potentially. I know Are you very saying little that you can? All sports. <laughs> you honestly might be able to name more people in football than I can. Tom Brady? Yes, Tom Brady is one. Um Damien Fantuz. No. I don't I don't yes. know who that is. I think his first name's Damien. He he got a serial because he's on the riders. <laughs> okay. There did, do you understand the concept of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Saskatchewan? No. They're the provincial football cult. They are, I, I, I have no idea whether they have a good track record or not, but if you live in Saskatchewan, odds are you are extremely passionate about the Rough Riders, just the concept of the Rough Riders, and you will buy all the Rough Riders merch. Okay. You will buy the jerseys and the t-shirts and the hats and the toques and all the stuff. You will say that $11 is a ridiculous amount of money for a sink trainer, but then someone will point out that it has the Riders logo on it, and you'll say, oh, that's a good deal. Because it's the riders. You will buy a watermelon, hollow it out, and wear it on your head. And I thought that people from my hometown team were bad for selling Lego figurines of our town's quarterback in <laughs> grocery stores. So, and then for a while my grocery store had a deal with the team, so we got a lot of exclusive merch. And so one of those were Fantuz Flakes, which were uh, basically like a, a honey uh, a honey crunch flake. What yeah. Honey bunches of oats. It was a honey bunch of yeah. oats. But with Fantuz on them. And he's the, the one of two Ryder players that I remember. The other one I can remember is Darian Durant. Partially huh. because his last name is a Pokemon. And partially yes. because he also got a cereal. He had Darios. Which were just Cheerios. Wow. See, like, I think aside from the football quarterback that I'm not going to name because that would give away where I live. Um, my, I think my uh, my other favorite football player has to be Chad Ochocinco, who changed his last name because his football number was 85. Wow. <laughs> and like, you know what? That's branding, and I can appreciate that. Okay, I've exhausted my knowledge of American football. Should we get back to Glee? I like how you're keeping your location close to your chest, and I'm like, hey, here's exactly, here's the GPS coordinates of my house. <laughs> oh my god, Tanner. <laughs> No, it's not that bad. No, it's not, to be fair. Um. Anyways, you can tell this is American school because the hockey players are the losers. If you compare it to a Canadian school, or at least a fictional Canadian school, there's a season of Degrassi where the entire structure of the school was redone and so that they could have their own hockey team that was nationally sourced. Yeah, na yeah you know what? That tracks. <laughs> no, international, because one of the kids came from Florida. Huh. Well, all all of our all of our sports talk aside, neither of us reverse in sports. <laughs> hockey has a, a a puck. Yes, hockey. And so does Glee. Yes, hockey has a puck. Speaking of pucks, oh wait, no, never mind. He doesn't show up for a bit. Not for um, a while. Basically, yeah. the point is Finn is uncool because of Glee Club. Yes. So <laughs> we then get to go to the most an uncomfortable social interaction because. Emma and Ken, they tell Will they want to talk to him at lunch, and it turns out that they have a wedding request for him. Yes, because even though Emma doesn't want to wear a ring or make an announcement in the paper or tell her own mother or really tell anyone, uh, Ken has at least convinced her that the two need to be in the same room when the marriage is done. Yep. Well, when the marriage is, like, actually, like, legalized yeah. i guess you could say and he'd also like to share a first dance yes and so their request of will is that he uh find a way to mash up i could have danced all night with the thong song so they can use it for their first dance and also they want him to teach both of them how to dance ken says that emma needs more lessons than he does, but we both know that that Ken needs more dance lessons than Emma does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the 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 thong song 
is a hooded bird that will circle over all of our heads for the remainder of this episode. <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Well, hopefully not that long. The the wondrous specter of Cisco. Yeah. So we we then get to go to the Glee Room, where all three Cheerios are ministering to Finn and helping him to remove the corn syrup from his eyes by very gently dabbing at his face with a towel. Yeah. And Finn and uh, not Finn, uh, Kurt and Mercedes get to have some snark about. Uh, how the slushy war has begun. Yep. I remember that was in all the promos leading up to this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, you know that in an actual high school that the the teens would be calling it a slushy war. Oh, yeah. I believe this is also the episode where slushy facial was coined as a term. Yes, I believe it was. (laughs) Quinn expresses that uh, she needs to be popular, and this this will be most of Quinn's lines for the episode. She wants to be popular. No, that's that's not for a couple more episodes. I don't think that's a couple more seasons. A couple more seasons. Got it. Um, but yeah, they, they're, they're ministering to Finn like handmaidens at the feet of, uh, of a legendary hero. <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't think it was that dramatic. No, this is, this is Christina being dramatic. Okay. Um, the dramatic slushy uh, cleansing, I felt, was later in the episode. Yeah, that's later. Um, Will comes in and he, he gives the Glee Club homework, which is mash up, bust a move. Like, which is for them to find a song to mash up with bust a move. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the guys that Will asks to take the lead on this song are like, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing this. For various reasons. I can't get funky to young MC. I still have cornstarch in my eyes. Yes. Which are, which are all totally valid reasons. But then it leads to Will taking his dress shirt off and leading the song when none of the other students step up. This is an episode about Will getting to dance. Yes. It's like, did you know that Matthew Morrison can dance? We're also, we're going to try very hard to convince you he's a hot teacher. Yeah, your mileage may vary. Um, I do, I do think that this scene is a good one because there's a lot of like there's a lot of nice stuff that goes on in the background. I really like how when they're singing this song, oh god, okay. So I wrote down right beside the song. I, my first note is Will is going to dance because this is a teacher that fucks. Uh, uh I mean, he tries to. <laughs> It is a very horny song. Yes, it is. But you don't really realize because this is also definitely a song that, like, they play at a prom mm-hmm. or a thirteen-year-old's birthday party. Yeah, it's it's not sexually explicit enough to be banned from public playing, but it is enough that it makes you go, "Hmm." It's the fun kind of horny. Yes. Um. But yeah, the other thing. Well, I had several notes. That were more concerned. But the nice note is that Brittany and Santana like, do their best to help Quinn get into the groove. And it's a very cute, sweet friend time for the Unholy Trinity. Okay. I have, I have some fun moments here. It's just that over the course of the entire song, like, it's about... A lot of it is, you know, like, hey, the Glee kids, like, loosening up and dancing and having a good time with each other. And, like, Mike and Matt do a lot of, like, fun dancing, like, learning-as-they-go moves from Will, which is nice. Even though Harry Shum Jr. is definitely the better dancer. He is. Uh, it's kind of like a bigger version of Gold Digger from back in episode two. Yeah, because they have six more people. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite moment of Bust a Move is that at one point, Will, Will sings the verse about, like, the bridesmaid hitting on the singer, but he sings it directed at Kurt who, when faced with this display of compulsory heterosexuality, just turns <laughs> around, mouths, oh my god, and then excuses himself from the number until he finds a tambourine that he can play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have a note where Will sings the line, a chick walks by and you wish you could sex her, while spinning Quinn around? Yeah. Um... It's not great. Hey, fun fact, everyone. Uh, Matthew Morrison and Leah Michelle dated in real life. This will Excuse come up me? later. 
Excuse me? Yeah. How dare they? Was this before or after the show? Before. Okay, that's a little bit better. Yeah, because they are they are close they are close enough in age that it was not like it wasn't a creepy thing, but they did date before uh before Glee started. Anyway. <laughs> you probably have better notes on this than I do. No, so the, you- that was the last of my notes. <laughs> that was the last of your notes? Yeah. For the entire episode? Oh no, for the I thought just the song. No, no, no. No. You probably have better notes than I, I do for the Yeah, after after watching Bust a Move, I just blacked out. It's all a blur. <laughs> I mean, I I almost just, like, blocked out everything from the thong song onward out of my memory, but I held on. <laughs> but we'll get to that. So, after, after Will busts a move all over the Glee Club, eh. Finn and Quinn go to see Emma because they need guidance on how to be more popular, and... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure there are real life teens who went to their guidance counselor and like, hey, how do I be cool? I need to be cool. Yes. And they probably did get similar advice of the be yourself kind of vein, mm-hmm. and they probably said, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, that that's pretty much the gist of this scene. My Aside options from... are be myself or be cool. Yes. Um, I'd like to note that em, when they ask her about how, like, how do teens be cool? Emma says, I don't have a pamphlet for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Also, and Quinn goes on a whole diatribe about how important popularity is in high school, citing yeah. the fact that that was her mom's extracurricular on her college applications, and it got her into Arizona State. Yeah, and I'd I'd like to point out that like Quinn Quinn's like extended metaphor here about comparing like social status to currency is actually like that's a smart way to phrase it, continually yeah. showing that Quinn is when she's written right a smart character. <laughs> Well, I think she's usually written as a smart character, because when she's not being written as a smart character, she's just in the background. I, I'm also referring to um, some things that happen in later seasons regarding Quinn. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's I'll, fine. We'll, we'll be upset when we get there. Yes. Um, while Quinn is having her extended metaphor, Emma gets distracted by Will walking past and making dancing motions, and he's wearing sunglasses... So she says, sunglasses are sexy. Out loud. Yes, out loud. And then she, she like, motor mouths to try and justify this thing that she just said to two students. And Finn buys in, but Quinn doesn't. And also Finn definitely saw, like, Mr. Shu walking past and somewhere in Finn's brain, some cogs are turning to put things together. Mr. Shu is sexy too. No, not the one I'm referring to, Tanner. <laughs> Different cogs. This yes. isn't Riverdale. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, when you have when you have sunglasses on, you've got all the power because no one can see your eyes, uh, and you could be looking right at your boob, someone's boobs, and they wouldn't know. Yes, Quinn. Quinn is out. Quinn is properly outraged at Finn saying this. <laughs> I wouldn't say outraged. She just just smack him on the arm. Yeah. Want to talk about the thong song? I don't want to. Do we have to? Thong 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 thong. So this is another scene that exemplifies that Will dances because he's a teacher that fucks. Yeah. He busts a move all around Emma. Yeah, because she decided to wear her her cousin's wedding dress, which I guess was the only one that she had ready access to, to dance practice with Will. And it's like it's pretty much just like Princess Diana's wedding dress, um, but she wore it uh, to practice dancing. And she did. What are you talking about? She didn't wear it to specifically fulfill a fantasy that she has about being with Will Schuster. No, she wore it because of the lyrics in the song. Yeah. Ooh, that dress so scandalous. Oh yes, so scandalous, covering so much of her body in layers of taffeta. <laughs> Um, oh no, oh no, and he fell He fell on the taffeta, now it's going to be all wrinkled, that dress is ruined. Yeah, they, 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 but notably, they don't do the trope of, ooh, we fall on top of each other and then we kiss thing. That was nice. Yeah, which was nice. However, Ken does see this through a window and he is unhappy about it. <laughs> and I think that's the shortest we've ever discussed musical number and I'm fine with that. Listen, Let's move on. Song, song, it happened, it's real, <laughs> we just have to deal <laughs> with it. <laughs> 
anyway. Anyway, the Ken giving them a death glare through a window does dovetail into football practice, where Finn mm-hmm. gets into a fight with another football player. I don't know if he's named in this scene, but I know that his name is Azimio because he yeah. becomes a recurring character as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he is named in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he—it's pretty much he nig- he nigs Finn for being on Glee Club and also football. Teen boy insults. Haha, you're gay because singing. Yes. And and Ken breaks them up and says like. He gives them a lecture about, you guys need to act more like a team. You need to be of a singular purpose. And so now I'm giving you all extra practices that you have to attend that directly conflict with Glee Club because I'm upset and I'm projecting. I mean, he has one decent line where he says that they didn't win their game because they were dancing. They won because they were a team. Yes, which is true. That's true. But it's but again, also dancing. It's, it's, it's yet another example of you're making a good point, but I don't trust it because it's you. Yeah, that's very true following up on was that last episode i think it's been the past few episodes okay listen a broken clock is right twice a day yes or or my personal variant that i've now taught to my mother even demons know i just remembered a point that i was gonna make okay um back when when finn and quinn were asking emma what was cool they should have just gone to the mcelroys i don't think oh no 2009 the mcelroys would have just been getting started well, I'm I'm referring to their to the part of their CISA show where they literally spent a whole episode trying to figure out what teens thought was cool. Oh, that's right. And I think Justin's solution was flipping water bottles, and Griffin's was dabbing, and clowns, and Travis's was supporting the teens and affirming their actions. Oh yeah, that's the episode where Griffin's like child ward got eaten by a clown. Yes, <laughs> they stole my boy. Um, so if Glee ever gets a reboot, what's the over-under on one of the McElroys showing up, and why is it Travis? Oh, it's definitely Travis. It's it's definitely either Travis or, like, Justin as a celebrity judge. But <laughs> or, he... no, no, Clint. It would be Clint. Oh, it would be Clint as local radio personality. <laughs> yes. Look, local radio personality, musical theater aficionado, and now part-time judge. <laughs> <laughs> no, Clint is the new Glee coach. <laughs> Oh, I would watch that, though. They'd have such fun. <laughs> he would never sing the thong song. He might, Clint but Mac it would... Or I wouldn't, he wouldn't do that to us. He would sing it, but he'd sing the postmodern jukebox cover. Okay. Where it's like a swing rendition. I would accept that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, you want to talk about horny teens? <laughs> yeah, I guess 1. we have 5 to. 1.5 horny teens? Is Rachel the point five? I would say so. Yeah. Because yeah. she's she's into it, but it's not like her entire character motivation. No. The, this is all to say that we get a scene with Rachel practicing um, what a girl wants, singing into her hairbrush in front of her mirror as Puck accompanies her on the guitar in the background. Yeah. Apparently they've been doing this for so long that he's become exhausted. I, I See, I took it as they'd been doing, they'd been practicing for so long that day. Okay. That that he was exhausted, and he just he just straight up says, well, "You want to make out?" And she says, "Sure." Fortunately, Puck is kind enough to invite us into an extended flashback sequence to explain what's going on. In it, yes, into two different scenes of an extended flashback sequence. I think it even three three scenes. This is a three scene dream sequence. Oh no! Because first. It starts with the Puckerman family and their weekly tradition of watching Schindler's List, uh, at which point you realize Ryan Murphy has never met or spoken to a Jewish person, and I'm Mm-mm. including Diana Agron in this. Mm-mm. I mean, we I think we talked about it in the first episode that she literally like got hired at, she was maybe the final actor to be cast before they finished shooting the pilot. Yeah, oh yeah, she was the final actor, she was hired to be the hot cheerleader love interest, and then during the makeout scene he just kept yelling, BE SEXIER! Yeah. I wonder why she doesn't want to work with him anymore. Anyways, to all our Jewish viewers... Yeah, I apologize. We, to Goyim, apologize for the actions of Ryan Murphy in this episode, even though he didn't. Well, even though he wasn't the head writer, I was just going to say that I'm assuming that anything stated to be "quote unquote" Jewish or like standard in this episode 
standard Judaism in this episode is false. Yes. Because Ryan Murphy is just using the concept as a punchline. Yes, he is. If any of this happens to be true, feel free to correct us, but I'm hedging my bets and I think we're in the clear. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a pretty safe bet, Tanner. Um... Anyways, Puck has a sexy dream that Rachel climbed into his window and knew it was a dream because there's no way she could do that barefoot. Yep. <laughs> Which is a very good line. Yeah, I the I I have a hard time trying to figure out whether the show wants Rachel Berry to be a cryptid or like a <laughs> secret mut- mutant superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Berry and the Mothman Glee Club. It's like do no, that's West Virginia. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Ohio has any like specific cryptids, although I'm sure they do. I can never remember like, where the frog wizard is from. I I don't know. I'm sure I could probably Google it right now, but we don't have to. Well, I just Googled Ohio cryptids. Oh, okay. Oh no, yes! Ohio has the frogmen! Okay, so then uh Rachel Berry and the Frogmen formed the Cryptid Glee Club. There's also a Grassman. Oh, there have been Mothman sightings in Ohio. Huh. Anyway, we get, we, all this is to say that, um, Puck has a sexy dream, and then we get to have another slushy tracking shot. But this time, it's just that Puck got Rachel a grape slushy, because that's her favorite flavor. Because he, one time he saw her lick her lips after he, after he threw a grape slushy in her face. And he got it for her when he picked up Dip. Which is great. Yeah. Also, shortly after he had a sexy dream, he's he realized that, quote, Rachel was a hot Jew and the good Lord wanted me to get into her pants. Yep. Which is another good line, if not for just the sheer audacity. Yes, it is, a, it is in fact a very audacious line. It may not be my favorite line of the episode, but it does get points for sh- for the, the sheer chutzpah of everything. <laughs> um so Puck suggests that they practice mashups, which in Puck language just means let's make out some more. <laughs> hey, baby, I'll mash you up. I mean, he already did that, technically. I'll mash your potatoes. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but, so Rachel breaks up with Puck because he isn't brave enough to sing a solo in front of Glee Club. And that's why she can't go all the way. Yes. So it's time for a song by a great Jewish artist. It's Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. I did not confirm. Was Neil Diamond actually Jewish? Oh, let's quickly check. Neil Diamond. Jewish? Question mark? Is the first first result glee? He was born to a Jewish family. So I don't know if he is practicing or ever practiced it. Oh, he's... He's he's noted as a, as a Jewish American legend in the Jerusalem Post. Okay, I think that counts. Uh, yeah, I think that's an evidence enough. See, this is Glee. We have to double check because they'll just call people Jewish and then ignore anything surrounding it. Yeah, because very little research went into the writing of Glee. Yeah. Anyway, Sweet Caroline. Ba yeah. ba ba. So good. So, so good. good. So good. So good. It's a fine song. It's good, I guess. There are just so many good background moments in this song. Yeah. Like, the entire Glee Club does the does the audience parts, you know, like the ba ba ba. We also, during the hands touching hands, Kurt and Mercedes slowly touch their hands together and clasp them. Yes. They they get to do the the musical theater teens doing dramatic gestures at each other while singing. Um, Quinn is watching Puck with a look that says, oh no, he might actually be boyfriend material. Yes. Because he sang Neil Diamond. Um, meanwhile, during all of this, Finn, you can just see the gears trying their hardest to turn in his head as he attempts to process the concept of, wait a second, is Puck flirting with Rachel? Yes. And sitting next to him, Santana looks upset, even though she broke up with fi- with Puck in episode, what, like, three for his terrible credit score. This is the episode where Santana is truly born. Yes, that's very true. And it's and she is born in a lot of disgusted reactions. Yep. And I'd like to point out here that the only reason that Puck is performing this is because Will asked if anyone had done the mashup homework yet, and they said no. 
<laughs> and then Puck was like, I have something prepared, and, and it wasn't actually a mashup. Like, was he trying to say that this could mash up with Bust a Move? Which it probably couldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was like, I didn't do the homework, Mr. Shoe, but I have a song to sing. Yeah, he, he was trying to get partial credit. <laughs> I'm going to sing my feelings. Mm-hmm. Which, in the universe of Glee, is worth at least a C-. <laughs> yeah. Even though I realize that Glee is an extracurricular and thus doesn't really have grades. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Then we get to cut to Finn and Quinn walking down the hallway wearing sunglasses because Finn has determined that that is the way to be cool and Quinn is here to support her dumb boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, she's trying her best to be optimistic about their accessories. Yes. The goggles do nothing. No, they do not. <laughs> because the whole hockey team surrounds them with slushies in hand, and Finn's like, oh, hey, guys, what's happening? We cool? <laughs> and they're all like, no. And then just slushy them from all directions. And they say some more mean-spirited things. But my favorite part of this scene was that as all of the players are stalking off, one of them slips and, like, falls flat on their back as they're- as- because they walked through a giant puddle of slushy. It's great. I love it. <laughs> that, that was- that was great. Like, depending on how the rest of this episode checks out, that might be my best moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, oh, this wasn't the hockey team. This was the football team, because Azimio was there. Oh, okay. And- and he warns Finn that if he chooses a glee club over football practice, then this- this is gonna be the daily thing. Because that was what mm -hmm. Ken's ultimatum, was that if you miss this extra special football practice for Glee, then you're off football forever. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. And I'll order the rest of the team to assassinate you or something. It's fine. Yikes. It's Sue's Corner Corner. Yes, it's time for another Sue's Corner Corner. The gist of it is, she supports bestiality. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sue Sylvester, and I think dogs should wed people! Ah! So, uh, <laughs> this scene only exists because after her segment... Sue gets flirted on by the show's anchor, whose name is Rod, because they were just out of ideas for naming male background characters, I guess. It's local newscaster Rod Remington. <laughs> yes. And he hits on Sue, and he offers her a date to go have fondue, and she accepts. And then they play Erotic Battleship. In what is, I'm assuming, either Sue's office or her home. Because the background, it looked like she was sitting in the chair at her desk with, like, the trophy case behind her. But everything was so overlaid in a yellow filter that I couldn't tell if it was her office. Hmm. Sue would probably seduce a man at the school as a power move. Yes. This is intercut with... Swing, 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 swing. Yes. Will and Sue, Will for and some reason, swing. Yes, they're, uh, they practice swing dancing to the song Sing Sing Sing, and I'm like, and this is, this is also a really fun scene, because I feel like it was more Jane Lynch and Matthew Morrison having fun dancing with each other. Because they're both actually, like, really like, they're having fun with it, and they're actually pretty good. I can appreciate them enjoying it. Yes. But this entire scene and this whole C-plot do nothing for me. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the plot, but I think this scene was fun because it's fun to see people having fun while they dance. That is the reason that I am giving. After Bust a Move and Thong Song, that's when I realized, oh, this is just an episode about Will dancing and Puck being Jewish. Yeah, that's true. It Essentially, then Will and Sue get to have a talk where they're like, oh, yes, like, I needed you to teach me this because my co-host, who I am now dating romantically and I'm in love with... Uh, inviting me to be his partner to the sickle cell anemia dance-a-thon or something like that. Yeah. And I'd like to take a note here that Sue says that he invited her to a dance marathon. And in the flashback to their battleship scene, he, he says specifically, I like to swing. And I'm like, is he asking her to be a swinger? See, it could go both ways. Based on how things play out later in the episode. Yeah. But because because Sue is now experiencing romantic, or she because she's now experiencing attraction, this means that now she has compassion towards Quinn and Flat Baby. Um, but it doesn't mean that she doesn't nag Will about his terrible marriage 
and also the whole Ken and Emma thing, and also how the football players are going to have to choose Glee or football. The last of which Will did not realize, so this just transfers us into the following scene where Will confronts Ken in the locker room. Mm-hmm. because I know what's going on, Ken. You're just jealous because you need more dance training than Emma does. Mm-hmm. And Ken says, no, it's because Emma is settling for me, and she has eyes for you, and like, I, and I'm just in a terrible emotional state. But I love her too much to do any, to actually like try and advocate for myself. And then actually, Will has a moment of, uh, of emotional maturity and clarity because he says I haven't in I haven't ever encouraged Emma but I also haven't ever discouraged Emma. Yeah. They agree that this makes the two of them square, but Ken still says, "Oh, well the Glee kids still have to choose whether they want to do football or whether they want to do Glee." It's like see those kind of scenes where a couple's fighting over a dog and they let the dog decide who it wants to live with, mm-hmm. except it's teens and extracurriculars. Yeah. I'd like to note that uh, Will will honestly probably not remember this emotional epiphany for... I don't think he'll remember it in another another ten minutes into the episode. Oh yes, I have a note about this. <laughs> okay, cool. So we'll get, we'll get there in a sec. Anyways, we cut to Puck and Rachel walking arm in arm down the hallway. And mm-hmm. Puck asked Rachel what she thought of his solo. And she said, oh, it was fine. Not as good as Finn. But it was fun. You'll get better. And and we can be an item now. I still won't go all the way with you. Yeah. And she says, you're a good performer, Puck. And then, like, immediately after this positive affirmation, he gets a slushy to the face. Yep. So now we get to, um, the- sl- we, get to go to, we get to go to Lima, Ohio's hottest spa. The bathroom's at McKinley High School. Hey, Christina. Yes? Did you get- baptismal vibes from this scene? No. Because it's... Did you? I A little bit, because we've got Puck, like, laying, like, face up with his the back of his head in the sink as Rachel has water in a cup and she gently pours it through his head and runs her, like, fingers through the hair. So maybe the fingers through the hair isn't necessarily relevant. But I just got a weird baptism scene from this. See, my reaction was, oh, it's literally like, it's the hair salon bathroom. Okay. <laughs> because, like, I, that is a lot of the times what happens um, if you're getting your hair washed at salons that I've been to before. Okay. And also, this, like, <sighs> hey, anyone who lives outside of the U.S. are went to a private high school, <laughs> no public school bathroom in America is ever this clean. Oh, absolutely not. Doesn't matter if it's guys or gals. No, does not matter. It would be terrible. But all this amounts to Rachel cleans his hair and his face of the of the slushy corn syrup, and he apologizes for slushying her because hey, guess what? Uh, Puck can feel empathy for the next ten minutes of episode. This is the true beginning of Puck's face turn. Okay, I'll, I can I can roll with that, I guess. It's a bit of a zigzagging winding road. Yes. <laughs> but this is where it starts. Um, and he tells Rachel that he's like utterly humiliated and he's probably not going to do this to the Glee kids ever again. Mm-hmm. But he also can't stand the thought of having to be on the receiving end anymore, so he has to pick football. And Coward. At this point, Rachel just accepts it because everything else she wants in her life is falling apart, so why not also the Glee Club loses members? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I just thought it was, like, a baptism because Puck kept on talking about, like, being Jewish and all that, and so there was just this slight religious overtone to the whole episode. But then I had to Google if Judaism even has baptisms, and, like, well, there's baptismish elements in some things, but it's not, like, to the same degree or kind of stuff as Christian and friends. Yes. Christian and friends. That's the word. (laughs) I'm going to borrow that term. I hope you know that. (laughs) You know, Christianity and its friends. Yes. Hey, remember how we said, like, literally less than five minutes ago of podcasts that Will said that he was going to not encourage Emma? So Will is helping Emma try out new wedding dresses, and when she finds one she likes, 
he dances around with her to her wedding song. Yes, he, like, she, Emma's wedding dress is very pretty. It's a very, like, odd, like, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn or Aubrey Hepburn? Uh, (laughs) Audrey. Emma's wedding dress is a very Audrey Hepburn-esque wedding dress. She's got her hair up in, like, a pretty, like, French twist kind of a thing with, like, a Cinderella band. It's very much the hair that pushes it over. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's very pretty, but, like, she walks out of the room and Will immediately looks like he's having a crisis. My note here is, remember the mailman, Will. <laughs> but despite all this, he still decides that the most prudent course of action is to play an instrumental version of I Could Have Danced All Night with Emma and to practice dancing with her in the middle of the bridal shop, and he encourages her to sing along. That was real good. It, it is really good. Jayma Mays is, like... She has a really good voice, and it's especially fitting for I Could Have Danced All Night. This is the fucking fairy tale ass wedding shit. Yes. Walked right out of, uh, like, Enchanted. Yeah, really. Um, because they dance, and it's so cute, and, like, all the salespeople around them are like, are like, is this really happening right now? <laughs> because this is so cute. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised that they didn't go for just, like, a moment in that scene where someone walks up and it's like, oh, you and your husband must be so proud. And then Will has to go, oh, I'm not the husband. I'm just the man she works with who she's having an emotional affair with. Yeah. And we do get some terrifying, like, direct direct face-on, head-on shots as they spin around and dance. And it's still terrifying. It's, it's real weird. Clea, please stop doing this. <laughs> Listen, it was a real good number vocally, so the cinematography had to bring it down a notch. I guess. <laughs> like, they end the number in doing, like, a really cute romantic, like, a dip with, like, Will clutching Emma's hand to his chest. But Will still won't have any kind of emotional realization for five and a half episodes. Yeah, he's like, oh, that was a fun dance that we had really romantically. Anyways, your fiancé and I are in a feud and he's trying to vote my Glee Club member, so I have to go deal with that. Bye! Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Emma is in a crisis. <laughs> She ha- she has so many crises in this episode. <laughs> She's so full of feelings. Yes. And then we get to have a f- actually like what's a really fun little like shot <laughs> because then we get to cut to all the glee kids um looking up at a clock as it ticks over to 3:30 and by I say when I say glee kids I mean the glee kids except for Puck, Mike, Matt, and Finn. Yeah. But they all look, they're like looking up at the clock and it cuts the door and the clock, it cuts back up to the clock and it hits 3.30 and like Will walks in and they're like, we don't know where the, where the guys are. And Quinn is still wearing her sunglasses because when she commits to a bit, she commits to a bit. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, after like some agonizing few seconds, it seems like no one's going to show up. And then mm-hmm. Matt and Mike come into the room and everyone's mm-hmm. real happy. And Brittany runs to Mike and Santana runs to Matt. Mm -hmm. So I guess they had a brief relationship at some point. Brittany and Mike probably started dating after she found out he could dance. Probably, yeah. Um, And then after a few more agonizing moments, Puck shows up and everyone's real surprised and thrilled. And Rachel's like, oh, maybe I can date this man anyways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she's like, like, you know, this means that you're going to be slushied, right? And Puck's like, bring it. (laughs) But Finn shows up to football. And not Glee. It's sad. It is sad. We're sad. We won't be sad for long. <laughs> we'll be sa- actually no. We'll be sad for a different reason. <laughs> because we get the third slushy cam of the episode, but this time it passes by Tina, Artie, and Mercedes in the hallway wearing raincoats. All- <laughs> yeah, they're wearing rain ponchos <laughs> and over their clothes, and they just like they scream and then bury themselves in the ponchos. <laughs> At the sight of a slushy, yeah. Which, like, at this point, I realize that the entire uh, the entire administration of McKinley High School is inept and corrupt. But why wouldn't someone realize that this is like this is bullying and abuse and have done something about it? Besides the fact that it's Glee, you know, kids will be kids, boys will be boys. Oh, fuck they that. really should have chosen a curricular that didn't involve getting slushies. Oh god, they're doing it for YouTube. Oh, God. These and many reasons are why teachers in 2009 were bad. Yes. Fun fact, the reasons they are bad in 2020 are pretty similar, except now they do it for the TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, 
it and the slushy cam ends up at Kurt and Rachel talking, and then it turns out that it's Finn carrying it, and he's here to slushy Kurt. But he doesn't wanna. He's conflicted. Yes, he's conflicted, and Kurt says, "I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you like, oh God, what's the? Word I'll I'll make your here? choice for you. Yes, I'll make your choice for you." And Kurt slushies himself in the face. It's very dramatic. Finn looks like he just saw someone get shot. Yeah. And Kurt turns to Finn after he, like, wipes it out of his eyes. And it's like, take a moment to consider if any of your so-called friends on the football team would do the same for you. Yes. And it's, like, Cory Cory Monteith did a good job in acting in this scene because, like, Finn might be incredibly dumb, but when he, when he feels something, he feels it deeply. <laughs> He he leaves the scene like, oh god, I've just killed someone. And Kurt's, Kurt screams, get me to a day spa, stat! And the girls rush him into the girls' bathroom. Yep. <laughs> also, and I guess they leave Artie to stand watch. <laughs> pretty much. Also, I'd like to point out that Kurt's wearing some kind of plastic- Cellophane-wrapped jacket? <laughs> some kind of cellophane-plastic-wrapped jacket, but because it's Kurt, I can't tell if this is fashion function or both. I think it's both in this case. <laughs> I'm going to wear the most dramatic machine washable outfit I have. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so after this, we cut to Sue wearing a zoot suit that she probably stole from the set of The Mask. Um, See, I'd, I'd like to take a moment here to mention that I have drawn a character in an extremely similar zoot suit. And those things are, like, really bulky. <laughs> Sue shows up in a zoot suit to, I guess, check on Rod and show him her outfit. But he's he's kissing on the his co-anchor, whose name is Andrea, and what is literally like the most the most stereotypical oversexualized kissing on desk pose. The most unironic heterosexual makeout. Yeah, and. It turns out that he didn't think that he and Sue were exclusive, which kind of confirms my swinger theory. Yeah, except they are, we're legitimately also going to a, a dance-a-thon. Yeah, and I have a note here that's just, Sue was crushed, sad face. I'm not sad for her. Gonna be a few more seasons before I feel any kind of pity for Sue. I, I have empathy for the situation. I don't pity Sue for what she does in literally the next scene that she appears in. Yeah. It's, it says a lot of not nice things about the redeeming power of love. Yeah. Anyway, fucks. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> I mean, he is, yes. He does have anyway, a will. Yes. So, at football practice, Puck is sitting in the stands and he's watching it and being sad. Rachel comes over, she asks if Puck misses football, and he doesn't, but she also takes this opportunity to end things with him, because she has too many feelings for Finn, mm -hmm. and he clearly has feelings for Quinn, because he's always looking over at her whenever they're doing group numbers. And he refuses to admit it, because, gosh dang it, he's trying to adhere to toxic masculinity. Can't you see that, Rachel? Yeah. Uh, so then he throws in Rachel's face the fact that Finn is never going to leave Quinn, especially with a baby on the way. And Rachel's like, can we still be friends? And Puck says, we were never friends. Yes. And then he storms off because he learned one thing from Rachel during the brief period that they were dating. It's how to make a dramatic exit. Yes. And uh, listen, he's, he's being a, like a bad teenage boy, but we've seen examples of worse teenage boys and he's clearly mm -hmm. going through some stuff. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Yeah. So then we get to have a scene with 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 Finn and his dad, I mean Will, playing catch. And Will gives Finn a crossroads speech about, you know, like, like this is a moment in your life where you're having a where there's a big decision in front of you and you gotta decide where you're gonna go, or you're gonna look back on yourself years from now and be like, what if? That might actually be like almost literally word for word what he says. Pretty much. But then It's very cliched. But then Finn says that it's like he doesn't believe that it's all big decisions. He thinks it's just a whole bunch of little decisions. And Will's like, okay, it's a whole bunch of little decisions that add up to something. But the point still stands that uh, something, something, rejoin Glee, I'm your dad. Yes. So then uh, that transfers over to Finn talking to Ken in the locker room. And he's like, I... <laughs> well, while Ken is once again cleaning his collection of athletic whistles. Yeah. With like a toothbrush and a tiny cloth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, and uh, Finn says that he doesn't feel like he can be a good leader if he's being forced to choose between football and glee. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have this quote written down here. And also that at first, Finn's metaphors for leadership are even going over Ken's head. <laughs> um, but what Finn says is, I see a future where the more different you are, the better. And I'm like, oh, honey. I think that comes after the quote I wrote down where Finn says, Le- great leaders are supposed to see a future where things are better, like Thomas Jefferson or the kid from The Terminator. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Terminator. So. They're, they're, well, you know the conceit of Terminator, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, so it is that kid. Yeah. Finn's leaders shouldn't have to choose between Glee and football speech. So it so deeply affects Ken that Ken cancels the conflicting football practices. <laughs> I didn't read that as Ken being affected by the speech. I, I read it as Ken just kind of accepting that he is always going to be the consolation prize. Because that's what he said to Will earlier. Like, we're going to let the kids decide. Oh, yeah. We'll let the kids decide who's first place and who's the consolation prize. And Ken, like, yeah, Finn joined football, but three, mm-hmm. the other three guys didn't. And Ken's just sitting there, and he knows that Will has, like, some emotional maturity when it comes to dealing with the kids every other week. <laughs> and so Ken was probably just... Ken was probably just waiting for Finn to jump ship once again, and Ken's already accepted, like, yeah, you guys aren't going to pick me. I'm I'm pretty sure at some point Emma's going to leave me, too. Whatever, what's the point? Fuck it. Oh, that's sad. (laughs) Ken's a very pathetic character, and... Yeah. It's a smidge of pity. Yes. Yes. The the, the tiniest of violins playing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So then we get to have a nice mood whiplash here with uh, <laughs> Sue is back in her old black tracksuit because she has once again uh, returned to her vengeful state. She she took every ounce of love that resided in the organ in her chest, sometimes called a human heart, and squeezed it out over a sink and turned on the garbage disposal. Yep. She uh, declares that Will must have the set list for sectionals at her desk at the whatever time frame she gave him and was just like yeah oh you got dumped didn't you she's like yes i did and now i hate everything once again mm-hmm. and actually no first she, first she gives him the kitty cat speech oh that's right i forgot that was in this episode i don't let me let me pull it up so i can read it word for word because it gets bonkers it's probably the best sue sylvester speech at least from the first season <laughs> probably trumps several others from later seasons too if the set list is one minute late, I will go to the animal shelter and get you a kitty cat. I will let you fall in love with that kitty cat. And then, on some dark, cold night, I will steal away into your home and punch you in the face. <laughs> it's very good. It, it is a, it's a very iconic quote. Yep. This was also one of the quotes that was just plastered around Tumblr when Glee was still airing. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, right after this... She spots Quinn at the end of the hallway, storms up to her, and basically tells her that there's no pregnant Cheerios on the cheer squad. You're cut. Deal with it. Uh, And then she just leaves Quinn to have a breakdown on the hallway. Well, a very good long shot as she just, like, starts falling apart, surrounded by all the extras as the camera just slowly backs away from her down the hallway. Yeah, it is a good shot. So good job, Elodie. Uh, yeah, Quinn's life is in shambles. Yes. Then go to, hey, more people whose lives are in shambles. Will and Emma meet up in Emma's office. <laughs> and they have, they finally wrap up the extended metaphor of this, of the episode by agreeing that there's no good way to mash up I Could Have Danced All Night and Thong Song because some songs just don't go together. Even though they're two good songs individually, but they just don't mesh. Yes. Can you tell what the metaphor is? <laughs> Have they hit you over the head enough with it? <laughs> My note for that scene is that Will can't take two tastes that taste great together and put them together because they don't taste great together after all. Yes. <laughs> and then she thanks Will for the dance lesson. He walks out and Emma's going to have another breakdown, this time in her office. <laughs> yes. It's everything's fine. Finn brought people apology slushies. It's fine. We're all fine. Yeah. And he he brought everyone in Glee Club specifically slushies to practice. Yes. And Kurt has a Kurt has a sassy sarcastic line about 
uh, about how slushies make you fat. And when Will walks in, all the kids admit that no one did the homework, and he's like, that's fine, I guess. No one can bust a move with anything else. Yeah. And then they turn and say, hey, Quinn, how are you doing? And it's just a pan over to Quinn in her, in like her civvies and her normal student clothes, I guess. Yeah. And like, if the writers had had any kind of foresight, they would have had this be a Quinn solo of I'm not okay. <laughs> I don't know if she has the range. Or they could have, oh, how they could, could have this happen this. to me? Oh, that'd be a good I've one. made my mistakes. <laughs> Well, they could have rearranged I'm Not Okay into, like, a ballad. That would have been... See, that that, that would have been great, but that's, like, a Glee season two thing to happen musically. Yeah. Not as much a season one thing. But but it sounded really good if Diana Agron was singing it. I mean, yes. But they... Wilson's like, what's wrong? And she's like, my life is in shambles. And they're like, but it's okay. You have friends. You've got your back. And she's like, yeah, okay, I guess I do have friends who have my back. And I'm like, yes, good. Yeah. Support systems. Quinn's like, I'm going to start my morning every day with a slushy facial. And everyone's like, yeah, but we're all going to have to deal with that. And we'll deal with it together. Mm -hmm. And then they realize, wait a second, Mr. Shoe, you've never been slushy. Yes. And this is honestly like a really fun way to wrap up the episode because... He's like, oh, I don't know how you guys deal with getting slushy facials every day because I have a brain freeze. <laughs> My experiences are equal to yours, says the white man. <laughs> and then they're like, Mr. Shu, you've never been slushied before, like you said. And then like they all like they do like the slowly I turned and step by step inch by inch <laughs> and he will accepts the fact that he's going to be slushied like a like a sports coach getting dunked in Gatorade it ends on like a fun shot of them all like throwing their slushies at the camera slash will and him just absolutely like plastered in grape slushy and he just yep. and he's a very good sport about it yeah and he says from the top again yeah so now that Will's been slushy, now he too is a minority. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, <laughs> Will! You finally made it. Um, so the so the Glee episode is done. Um, before we go into our best and worst, I do want to note a few uh, trivia notes that I missed. Yeah, definitely go for it. I didn't have a chance to look up any trivia for this episode. So when you mentioned uh, you brought up the the my weave line from the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. that was actually ad libbed by Amber Riley. Oh, I take back my comment. <laughs> Yeah. I take back my comment to give credit to Amber Riley that she deserves. <laughs> yes. And, you know, Mercedes and her weave does become a recurring thing for, like, the first three seasons. So. Okay. Foreshadowing? Sure. Character development. Someone on, Glee, uh, someone on Glee's writing staff actually remembering what had been said in previous seasons. <laughs> yeah. Also, apparently Matthew Morrison submitted this episode to the 2010 Emmys for lead actor in a comedy. What? <laughs> Yeah. Why this episode? It's not even your funniest episode. No. The, this episode, like, the only the only comedic parts in this episode were, like, the musical numbers. And Puck and Finn being absolute buffoons. Yes, and that. But Will had mostly dramatic scenes in this episode. Why did he think it was... Oh, no, wait, because I guess it was for musical or comedy. No, that's Golden Globes. Emmy is just comedy. Oh. Why? Why, why Matthew Morrison? <laughs> We don't know. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. Anyways, also some notes, uh, quotes that I missed. When Rod initially flirts with Sue, Sue says, but Rod, aren't you married? And Rod says, no, my wife drowned. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just kind of breeze past that. They do. So I feel like that's a line that Ryan Murphy snuck in because that's kind of more his Hallmark comedy. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and also during the... The million little choices that you make in your life speech. Uh, Finn starts off, he says, uh, I don't buy that. I don't think anyone decision makes your life unless you accidentally invent some kind of zombie virus or something. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, those th- those just close off my notes. Okay, cool. I have another note that says Will is dead now. Will is dead because of what? The slushies. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. He, he, goes, he goes into hypothermic shock. Yeah. Oh no, now Emma has to coach the Glee Club. They'd be much better. They'd have to probably uh, push really hard to get certain music choices made. Yeah. 
but she would probably be better at, at coaching Glee than Will is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I started. Christina, what was your Gold Star song? I, you know, I think it does have to go to I Could Have Danced All Night, because Jima Mays does a really good job with that song. And I'm thinking about it, and I think it'd be really funny and neat to see Jema Mays star in a production of My Fair Lady. That would be fun. I mean, heck, like, we, I think we discussed that she's from Appalachia. Like, yep. heck, you could... You could set it in, like, New York and have them be trying to break her of, like, a West Virginian accent or something. Oh, shit, you're right. That would be great. Hey, casting directors of Broadway shows, get in touch with us. You can have that idea for, a, <laughs> for the low, low sum of something with at least six digits. Just give us royalties. Yeah, give us royalties. Give us royalties and free tickets to go see it once. Yep. What's yours? Um, bye. I'm going to continue disagreeing with you on best song. Because my best song is Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. Good songs never sound so good. So good. So, so good. good. So, so good. good. That's, that's a valid choice. My reasoning is pretty much the same reasoning you picked Ride With Me last week, just because of all the interactions with the Glee Club yeah. uh, amongst themselves, and also Santana being created. Yes, that, that is true. That is, a, that is a very valid reason to choose that for your song. Um... What's your gold star moment, if it wasn't the song? Uh, I'm tempted to make it the moment of Glee, of the Glee kids finally banding together against their nemesis, their teacher, at the end of the episode. <laughs> but I'm, I'm conflicted between choosing that or choosing the moment of that one football player slipping in the slushy puddle. Um, I mean, I'm not choosing either of those moments. Okay. So, I'm sorry, you're going to have to pick one. Here, you know what? I'll do this the... I'll do this the freaking scientific way. I'll roll a die for it. <laughs> I'm rolling a die on air. Okay, hey, I got a d6. Okay, so evens are everyone slushying will. Odds are football player on slushy. And I'll roll it on a mat so it doesn't sound terrible on mic. It's an odd, which means that it is football player tripping in slushy. An excellent choice. My best moment is Kurt slushing himself. Oh god, that's also a good moment. I'm I am changing mine to that. Okay. Actually, no. Wait, no, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm gonna stand by my choice, but I'm also agreeing that your choice was a good one. I don't think we've ever disagreed with each other on whether a gold star moment is actually not worthy. We probably won't get to that until Blaine shows up because he's a very divisive character, especially when oh, it comes to Oh boy. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> I'm I'm a daring Chris Stan in general. Tanner Tanner is not when it comes to Glee. I hey, I like Daring Chris fine. It's just that after a few episodes of Blaine, me and my mother turned to each other and said, I feel like he's a stalker. I am sure that I will be able to at least understand your viewpoint when we get there. <laughs> I might um, not agree, but I will probably be able to see what made you two say that. I mean, I can't recall any of the evidence we had, so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Maybe this will turn me into a Blaine stand by the end of this podcast. I mean, look, we all agree here that the, the menace is Will Schuster, so. Indeed. Um, speaking of things we don't like, what moment are you slushying? Take a wild fucking guess. <laughs> this was a dense episode. I can't remember. Thong song. Oh, yeah. Like, so far, this is, like, the one song, like, I understand that, like, the writers picked the most, the, the song that was the most disrespectful of the tone that it needed to be used in, but they could have- The least wedding appropriate yeah, song? Yeah, but they could have picked a different song. And not a song that is sexual harassment, but with music. Is it? Okay, I haven't checked the lyrics. Is it that much sexual harassment? I, I felt like I was being sexually harassed when Will Schuster was singing it to someone who wasn't even me. It, okay, it could be read as a little bit sexual harassment, but com you compare it to other songs that are a lot more overt. You could easily read it as just someone who like sees this girl from afar and is like, ah, I wish I could get with her. It's still my worst. What's yours? My worst is just the entire Sue subplot because it does nothing for the episode. Uh, like The scenes that relate to it just kind of slow things to a halt. 
and we didn't need to go through all of that to get to Sue kicking Quinn off the team. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if the Sue's subplot thing wasn't because they saw, like, Jane Lynch and Matthew Morrison goofing around on set and were like, yes, do that, but we need a narrative reason for it. I, I feel like it was Matthew Morrison. I feel like a good chunk of this Matthew... <laughs> a good chunk of this Matthew Morrison... <laughs> yes. Was Matthew Morrison going to Ian, or no, he would have gone to... I No, he would have gone to Ian so he could write it in. He's like, hey, Ian... I feel like I haven't danced enough in this show. I want to dance. Can we dance? Can I have three full dance numbers? I only need to sing for two of them, but I need three complete dance numbers. Please. I, I, need, ex- I need video of me dancing that I can use to set up my, my teaching people to dance service on Cameo or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I'm Matthew Morrison, and I'll be your improvised dance teacher. <laughs> Tanner is improvisingly dancing. And I'm only sorry that I couldn't get a screenshot of that to, like, tweet out when the episode goes live in, like, a month and a half or whatever. I think one of the earliest posts on our Twitter was just (laughs) that clip. Yeah, it was. I think you were the one who put it there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um... So I realized that for the past few episodes, you've just kind of been steamrolling as soon as the episode's done, just get to the end of the podcast. But let's, can we do a brief, just a brief mention of the next episode we'll be talking about? Sure. I honestly don't remember what it's even going to be. The next episode we'll be discussing on this podcast is episode nine, Wheels. Oh, yeah. My Wheels? I can't move my Wheels? No, that's next year. Um, also, what's our first episode with a guest? Oh, yeah, Dip, I forgot about that. That we uh, may or may not have just forced in. I mean, please, look, it, the the guest that we're going to be having on, dear listeners, is one that you're probably, if you're listening to the show, you probably can guess who we're talking about, because this is, this is one of our friends who tends to appear on podcasts within their first 10 episodes, yeah. so he's making the deadline. Yeah, but we basically just voluntold him, hey, you're going to be on our episode 9 of our Glee podcast, and this can't be stopped. And, and because he's a good sport and also a good friend, said yes. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you guys can stay tuned for that when it comes up. Figure out who our guest is. <laughs> if you, <laughs> you have all the clues. If you guess right, we'll retweet you. <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. And that's that's what what you missed missed on Glee! Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Loser like me